This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with the class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And half your listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash happier. Visit IXL.com slash happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences about how to be happier. This week, we'll talk about why you might revisit a book that you've remembered ever since high school or college, and we discuss a funny food-related know-yourself-better question. Plus, a listener asked for ideas about how to show long-distance love and support to a parent in bad health. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and joining me today, through the miracle of technology, is my sister Elizabeth Kraft, my sister the sage. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and Gretchen, I'm still here in my home <laughs> office, being safer at home. Yeah, and, I, and I'm in mine. Now, before we launch into today's episode, here are two interesting responses we got from listeners uh, related to our last episode, episode 301. Yes, we were talking about turning in your coins. And Becca writes, my husband took our seven-year-old son to empty our family coin jar in a Salvation Army red kettle this week. This has been their tradition for the past few years. Our local Salvation Army has recently reported feeding nearly twice as many people as for a typical autumn, so we were glad to contribute. And in doing so, we put our coins back in circulation. What a lovely idea. That's a great win-win-win. That's a great idea, great family tradition. And Cassandra in Queens writes, I was listening to episode 301 and heard Elizabeth suggest donating takeout to hospital workers. I have a friend who works for Slice Out Hunger, an organization that works with local pizzerias all over the country to deliver to hospitals and homeless shelters. It's a great way to give if you don't have the time or mental energy to coordinate a delivery yourself. And so I will put a link in the show notes to Slice Out Hunger. And uh, the way that it works is you make a tax-deductible contribution 
contribution. It's added to other people's contributions. And then from there, there's a fund for pizza orders where care workers need it the most. Uh, they identify the need. They use news reports and people's suggestions. And um, then they coordinate with them the delivery um, about, you know, how to follow safety protocols and like when and where to do it. And they use nearby pizzerias and make sure that they can accommodate the order. And so in this way, they are um, supporting local businesses and all additional fees have been waived for orders placed through Slice. So this sounds like a great way if you want to do that, but you don't understand kind of the logistical hurdles about how you might actually make it happen. Great idea. Great idea. So this week, our Try This at Home suggestion has two parts. The first part is you ask yourself, what book did I read in high school or college that I still think about, that still runs through my mind? And then once you've answered that question, well, then you go read that book. Um, Because if you're still thinking about it, if you're still remembering it, there must be something particular about it that resonates with you. Yeah, and it'll be really interesting to see how it strikes you now versus how it struck you then. I mean, there could have been 30 years in between the reading of the book. Yes, and some books are just very, very different if you read them at different times. Like, I've read Anna Karenina, I think, like, four times in my life, and every single time it's a dramatically different experience because I just understand what's happening in a different way. And so for a book that you're remembering from the early days of your education, there'll probably be some kind of parallax between what you thought then and what you think now. Yeah, well, you just bring so much more life experience. Yeah, yeah. When we bring more to things, we get more from them. It would be especially amazing if you could, if you actually had the copy that you read then in case you took notes in it. Like, I always take notes in books, especially when I read them for school. And, you know, just to see your old handwriting and, and, you know, what popped out at you then would be fascinating. That would be fantastic. Now, Gretchen, the book I'm going to choose, unfortunately, I don't have my original copy. Uh, Oh, okay. So you're going to get it new. Um, What is the book that you still think about and that you plan to revisit? Okay, well, I, in high school, uh, what was one thing that was great about our high school was we had lots of English electives. Yes. And sometimes I would think I would take two or three English classes. Um, And so I took an African literature class. I still remember Monsieur Goldsmith taught it. And uh, we read Things Fall Apart by Chinua Achebe. And it's funny because I really don't remember the content of the book, mm-hmm. except that I remember I loved it. But the title, Things Fall Apart, mm. is just such a resonant title. And of course, it comes from the Yeats poem, The Second Coming, which is such an amazing poem. But I'll just be doing something and I'll think things fall apart. I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's just one of the best titles of all time. And you and you came to know that phrase through the Achebe novel. Yes, right. I, I exactly. I didn't know the the poem until after I read the novel. Right, right. And that's why you take it in a class because they're like, "Hey, you didn't know this, but this is from a, a this is a reference to a poem." Yeah, and Gretchen, it's the first uh, novel of Nigerian author Chinwa Achebe published in 1958, and it is considered a masterpiece of world literature. Yes. So I'm not alone in finding this to be a resonant book. Yes. So what's the poem? Okay, so the poem, I'll read it, is The Second Coming by William Butler Yeats, and it is Turning and turning in the widening gyre, the falcon cannot hear the falconer, things fall apart, the center cannot hold, 
Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world, the blood-dimmed tide is loosed, and everywhere the ceremony of innocence is drowned. The best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. Surely some revelation is at hand. Surely the second coming is at hand. The second coming. Hardly are those words out when a vast image out of spiritus mundi troubles my sight. Somewhere in sands of the desert, a shape with lion body and the head of a man, a gaze blank and pitiless as the sun, is moving its slow thighs, while all about it reel shadows of the indignant desert birds. The darkness drops again, but now I know that twenty centuries of stony sleep were vexed to nightmare by a rocking cradle, and what rough beast, its hour come round at last, slouches toward Bethlehem to be born." Wow, I think I'm going to read it too. Yes, because you know, if if that's the title comes from that poem, yeah, it obviously this poem relates to what the book is about. Yeah, I should mention, Gretch. There's also the Joan Didion book of essays, slouching toward Bethlehem. So yeah, this poem is rich. Yeah. Okay, Gretch, tell me what book are you choosing? Okay, I'm going to pick a book that I read in college. Um, I took a class on the Heian period in Japan, which is a very, very interesting period um, with art and culture and history. Um, and this is a book called The Pillow Book of Sei Shonagon. And it was written in 1002 uh, by a court lady in Japan. Um, her actual name is not known. That's her nickname. And like your book, I'm like, wow, people have been reading this book since 1002. <laughs> wow. Like, I, I'm not the only one that it resonates with. But the reason that I re- I think of this book, and I'm, I'm really eager to revisit it, is that it's not a traditional narrative. It's a collection of like lists and gossip and poetry and observations and and complaints <laughs> and um, written while she was at court. And I'm very attracted to these kind of hodgepodge structures or like structures that are not the typical structures. And so I think of it and then I'm like, I should really go back and look at it. And I've been thinking that for like 15 years. So this is a great reason. Now is the time. Yeah, now it's on the list. But, you know, it strikes me, Elizabeth, that this is a kind of know yourself better exercise as well as a try this at home exercise because it tells you something about yourself. Mm. Because why does things fall apart stay in your memory? Why does the pillow book of, say, Shunagun stay in my memory When we look back at it, I think we'll get a kind of insight as to, you know, because why does anything stick? It's such a mystery out of everything that happens to us. Why do certain facts and incidences stick? It's just fascinating to think about. So, Gretch, you and I are both going to go off and read these books. I ordered mine. Yeah, and I still have my one from college. Oh, so, so you have the notes. Yeah, I will post like, in the show notes. Like, I'll post a page if I can, um, like with my notes from that time. So we're going to read our books and then we'll report back. So everybody out there, pick your book, read it, and send us your thoughts. I'm dying to hear what yeah. books people choose. Yes. Let us know if you do try this at home and what book you revisited and why you revisited and what was it. I'm so curious to know like what people go back to. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode. This is happiercast.com slash 302 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we have a hack about getting your errands done. But first, this break. Break. 
When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for this week's happiness hack. Yes, this is a hack that's related to sleeping and waking and alertness. And, you know, I am a sleep zealot. And so this is the hack to do your errands in the morning when the days are short. Because right now in the United States, the days are much shorter. And so one thing to do to make sure that you uh, get the alertness that you want during the day and, and then, like, get yourself to go to sleep at night when you want to go to sleep is to run your errands earlier because if you go into like a grocery store or a drug store, they are very, very brightly lit and it will kind of shock you awake. And so if you're in the morning, that light it will help you get alert mm-hmm. when you want to be alert. But then at night, you don't want to be shocked awake. Um, you want to start drifting towards sleep. And so these days, maybe people are doing their errands at different times. So maybe you're better because in old days, you might have gone to the drugstore after work. And so you would have gone later. And maybe and now you could go in the morning. Um, but maybe for some other reason, you're going at night. So it's just something to be aware of as you're scheduling things, that there is a benefit to doing these things earlier in the day rather than later in the day. Plus, Scratch, I, for one, never feel like doing anything after 4.30 once it gets dark. Mm-hmm. You know, early, I feel like I'm just done for the day Yeah, in terms of leaving the house. Um, so I think getting it done early also just gets it done. 
Just gets it done. Yeah, gets it crossed off. And and then you get that alertness when you want the alertness. Right, right. You get shocked awake at 8 a.m. instead yes. of 7 yeah. p.m. Yes, exactly. And now for a know yourself better question. Now, this is just a kind of funny know yourself better question. And I asked this on social media, and I was so interested to see that almost everybody had the same kind of answers in a way that's that I think is worth studying. Like, why is it, <laughs> why does everybody kind of cluster around the same responses? And the question is, is there some food that you only enjoy and really want to eat when it's made the way your family makes it or maybe if your family makes it, like that you're kind of a little suspicious of mm -hmm. it, served any other way? So first, Elizabeth, what do you, what's your answer to this question? Well, mine is definitely stuffing. I ah. love stuffing at Thanksgiving, but only, I, but I definitely like mom stuffing more yeah. than any other stuffing in the world. And there are stuffings that I'll look at and go, mm, maybe not. It's yeah. like they have weird stuff in them. Well, I mean, what is in stuffing? Frankly, I don't know what's in <laughs> stuffing. I should ask mom. I have no idea. But it's just so tasty when she makes it. It's like my favorite thing in the world. But anybody else, you're like, okay, I'm passing on your stuffing. Yeah. Okay. So for me, it's tuna salad. Oh, yeah, that's a I big trust one. our family's tuna salad. Any other tuna salad, I'm like, who knows what's in that tuna salad? I just, I don't even, I have no interest. I just, I don't even want to look at it. I'm like, I don't want to eat your tuna salad, but I love our family's tuna salad. I hear you. So, but what's interesting, again, to me, is that there's such a cluster. And these are overwhelmingly what people said. Stuffing, meatloaf, chili, totally get the chili, potato salad and tuna salad. I am not alone in my skepticism of, of non-family tuna salad. What's funny is like, people don't have a problem with pizza. People don't have a right. problem with mac and cheese. People don't have a problem. Oh, you know. Gretch, I have to stop you there. Mac and cheese, Ooh. I have noticed online, can be very controversial. It's not Ooh. that people are suspicious of it, but people <laughs> are diehard about their family mac and cheese. Okay, so it's more like... We have the right answer and you all need to fall in line yes. rather than like, I dare not eat that yes. for fear of like some raisins that you've added without my knowledge that are going to shock me. Exactly. I think okay. it has to do with the crust, probably. People okay, think probably. they have the right amount of crust. But it's but it's interesting how, um, and I'm sure there's a reason for why certain things are more, uh, they just make people skeptical. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I can pass on that. Yeah. So I would just be, I just think it would be funny to hear from people, is there some food that you only like the way your family makes it? And what is it? Yes. This is not a deep question. No. It's just kind of a fun question. Um, it's funny to think about, and it's funny to hear what other people have to say. It's funny that we're all united in liking our own family's thing only. Well, that is that is exactly what science would predict because um, familiarity, especially with food, makes people like things better. Mm. And it's even before you're born, the things that your mother eats before you're born will influence your taste. Like they've done studies where like mothers who drank carrot juice, their babies were then more interested in carrot flavored things as once they were born. Mm. And so you're already being set up to like it. So that's kind of natural. But then there are other things that people seem to have a higher tolerance for variety. Interesting. Even as adults, yeah. Interesting. The body. 
So interesting. Yeah. And I'm sure uh, the different cultures have different foods that fall into this too, yes. Gretchen. So yes. it'd be interesting to hear from, you know, it's an Indian dish or, yes. you know, a Persian dish. And yeah. Right. From different cultures, what are the things that fall that are like the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the tuna salad of yeah. China or whatever? Yes. Yeah, no, I would like, it's going to be, it's a really interesting question um, once you start thinking about it. So listeners, we want to hear from you. Okay, Gretchen, it's time for a listener question. Yes, and as always, you can leave us a voicemail question at 774-277-9336, which is also 77-HAPPY-336. This week, as we do sometimes, we are not going to talk about our answers, but we are going to ask for listener answers because Stephanie has a question, which she's asking to hear get ideas from everyone. And I think that she's in a situation that these days probably many, many people identify with and maybe have come up with imaginative solutions. So Stephanie says, my mom, who is in her 70s, has a recurrence of metastatic breast cancer. She is fit and strong and has a very positive mindset, but the treatments, radiation, and chemotherapy are impacting her well-being dramatically. She lives with my father, who is a wonderful supporter, but because I live across the country, I cannot travel to support her in person. Furthermore, I have two very young children, and my husband and I both work full-time, including frequent evening and weekend work. We feel like we are barely getting through this difficult time, and it is devastating that I cannot do more to support my mom. We send care packages, videos, and photos of the kids, kids' artwork, and frequent phone and FaceTime calls, but it doesn't feel like enough. I have suggested grocery and prescription delivery services and meal delivery as well, Would you consider sharing my quandary with your League of Listeners to see if they can come up with creative ways to support my mom from a great distance? As a control freak, it helps me feel like I am helping if I can contribute to supporting her at this time, but I am running short on ideas. Well, and I think Stephanie is pointing out something that helping helps the helper as well as the person who's helped. Because you really do want to show your love, and it's comforting to think that you've done something, even if it's obviously kind of trivial or something like that. It's like, I need to show you my love, and so I'm going to do something. You know, uh, action is the antidote to anxiety. And then, of course, to the person receiving it, it's a concrete uh, way of feeling loved, of seeing that someone is taking care and consideration and is trying um, to give you support. So, do you have any suggestions? I um, one, I think, just sending like a small gift can be a nice just pick me up. Yes, we had a friend who was dealing with cancer recently, and I sent her some socks, the notes to self socks oh, that yes. you and I, our family, Love. loves. It's a Kansas yes. City company, and they say things like on the toes. Yes, like I am happy. Yeah, these yeah. said I am strong. I am brave. I got this. Um, And then she said she would wear them to her treatment. So um, I I think, you know, just something small, but that just says I'm thinking of you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I remember, uh, I think a couple of years ago, we had a listener who had a suggestion where she made a paper chain for every day of treatment. And then every day she would rip off a chain 
Or maybe she made the chain as she went. But in, in either way, it involved either adding to the chain or taking away from the chain. I remember it, Gretchen. She made the chain for the number of treatments and then would take off a piece. So, so she that, could see it getting shorter yes. and shorter. Yes, and I think she said like she hung it from like a second sto- yeah. a second floor through a stairwell and it reached the bottom and then she could see it go up. So that's also something where maybe some kind of physical countdown could be something that you could do if you could, like, I think a paper chain is a great whimsical way to, like, also just ripping up the chain, you could see, would be very satisfying. Yeah, and your kids could could make the chain. Yes, or, exactly. Or, or help make the chain. Yes, yes. And, like, here we're doing this, Grandma, today's the, you know, we're ripping off one today. Um, so, but we're opening this up for listeners because this is something that many people are going through in all different varieties and sort of all different versions. And so if you've come up with a great solution, we would love to hear it. And we will report back with some of the the great ideas that people have come up with. Yeah, Gretch, our listeners always come up with the best ideas. Yes, absolutely. So I think this is going to be really helpful for Stephanie and anyone else out there dealing with the same issue. Yes. Coming up, I give myself a classic demerit. But first, this break. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm-hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. Gretch, I know from my own experience that baby making is not always simple. There is a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And when you want to conceive, there can be a lack of understanding and resources. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from reproductive health to uh, ovulation tracking to conception aid. Frida is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. Frida products are innovative, easy to use, and accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, at Target, and select CVS stores near you. That's Frida Fertility, F-R-I-D-A, Frida Fertility. Okay, listen, it's time for demerits and gold stars. And I think you've introduced a new category, which is the classic demerit, (laughs) which is you and I both have a certain kind of demerit where we just get it over and over again over the years. We'll call that a classic demerit. And what is your classic demerit? 
All right, Gretch. Well, you are all about making your bed every day. I mean, I think it's one of your big, like, basic tenets in life, right? Make your bed every day. Yeah. And I was so proud of myself at the beginning of the pandemic because I said, we're all stuck here at home. I'm going to make the bed every day. When I walk back there, it'll look good and I'll feel in control. I got this. Contributing to the household, neatness, all that. Well, I have completely stopped making the bed, I must say, for months. Like, it's not just like a week. It's It's been probably a good three months since I've been making the bed. And And like, what was the day on which you stopped? Why did you stop? You know, I don't remember why I stopped, but I remember a general feeling of like, it's just too much effort. Mm. Like, why bother? Do you think it could have been a, like, you're not that susceptible to oblige your rebellion, but do you think this was like a little bit of oblige your rebellion when you're like, so much is being asked of me, like on top of everything else, I cannot make my bed. And it was just like, this could I won't be. do. You know, it could be, yeah. And even in talking about it now, you know, we always say, like, we do our demerits, so then we'll fix it. Like, I can't promise you that I'm now going to go make my bed. I can say I should, but maybe that again goes with pandemic fatigue, right? Yeah, and maybe it's kind of obliged rebellion sparked by pandemic fatigue. And so it's not going to fix itself until the circumstances related to the pandemic lift. And I have to say, like, on the scale of what obliged rebellion can look like, this is a pretty minor, (laughs) but like maybe it's slightly nicer to have your bed made, but I think it's a good way to rebel. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's true. It is manageable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Gretch, what is your gold star this week? So I'm giving a gold star to mom, our mother, because one thing about me is that I am always cold and I particularly have cold hands. I wear fingertipless gloves all through the winter. Um, I'm often overdressed for whatever environment in which I find myself because I'm just cold, 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 and I have very, very cold hands. And so out of the blue, mom sent me these hand warmers that she had read about, Mm. which were, it was amazing. And so she's like, how do you like it? I'm like, I love it. It's fantastic. It just heats up and just fits nicely into your hands. So she's like, well, I'll send you another one. But by the time she tried to do that, it was sold out. So then she sent me like a different brand. So now I have two different brands, both of which I like. Um, And it's the kind of thing where if you don't need a hand warmer, you would be like, this is the dumbest thing. Like, why would anybody want to march around with one of these things in their hand? But if you have very, very cold hands, it is absolutely delightful. Are they like, do you plug them in? Are they battery operated? You plug them in. Um, one, you can like plug into your computer and they charge and then you can walk around with it in your hand. Mm-hmm. So like now I just always have like if I go anywhere in my backpack, I, I'll keep it in my backpack if I so in case my hands get because my hand gets so cold that like I can't write or yeah. I can't like use my hands. It's very, very uncomfortable. And so this was just wonderful because it was like so considerate. Yeah. Because this is actually something that's um, that it she sounds, knows you so well. She knows me so well, and she just said, you know, and you and I always say like, oh, I want to get a present in the mail. I mean, yeah, I just want to get like a little unexpected treat. It was just like, oh my gosh, this is it's getting cold. This is exactly what I feel like. So I will post a link uh, in the show notes to the two kinds that she got me, both of which I highly recommend. But it's not a super sophisticated technology. <laughs> but it, but if you have cold hands, it's really wonderful. There you go. There you go. Now, resources for this week. Remember, if you want to give my books as holiday gifts, that's, I thank you. That's a wonderful thing. Um, And you can request a free signed book plate to go in there. I will personalize them. I will put a link in the show notes to how you can sign up and give me your address. 
This is for U.S. and Canada only. I'm sorry, that's because of mailing costs. But remember to request it like this week uh, so that I can get it back to you in time for the holidays because it does take me a while to sort of get this all organized. There's a lot of moving parts. Also, if you need a quick jolt of energy and cheer while you are spending time at home, if you need something beyond just not making your bed <laughs> to give you a lift, uh, you can download a free bingo sheet with 42 easy, easy challenges that will lift your spirits at GretchenRubin.com resources, and you can cross them off as you go and give yourself a big gold star as you accomplish the various things. Mm, that sounds fun. Yeah. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Revisit a book that you still remember from high school or college. Let us know if you looked at it and what it was and if it worked for you. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. Gretchen, oh. um, yeah. you either said a really cool word or a mistake, but I think it was paradia, paradil. Paradax or parallax. Parallax? Parallax. What is, I've never heard that. Uh, look it up. I think it means like how things look different from different vantage points. Cool. I noticed that word too, Chuck. I was like, parallax. That's one. I, I think I've heard it, but I didn't. Yeah. I would never have been able to use it. I think I used it correctly. <laughs> Let me look uh, it up. Okay. Yeah, the effect whereby the position or direction of an object appears to differ when viewed from different positions. There you go. Parallax. Oh, cool. Parallax. We learned something new, Chuck. Yes. <laughs> From the Onward Project. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students.